What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name's Colby. You can find me on Twitter at who writing by Colby. <laughs> Close one. Uh, what's up, everybody? My name is David. You can find me on Twitter at dearbarrow one two two two. It's your boy Maverick. It's the blue collar kid, I guess nowadays. You can find me on Twitter at heartbreak symbol underscore kid. Um, it is the representative of the best football team on this podcast. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. No, beat the Bengals. Yeah, and we're four and two. It's like half a win. It's we're maybe four half and two. a win. We're four and two. Five and one. Yeah, struggled. Today? Struggled to beat. I don't care if the Panthers. I'll give you the winning care. team of the week, but not the best team of the week. Um. Let's talk about. I mean, do you, do we want to? Hi, hello. Let's check in. Uh, so, yeah, let's check in since I haven't. I hopped on later than all of y'all. How how are y'all? How are we doing? How are we doing, team? Been quite a week. Yeah, it has. It's been an emotional week for many different reasons. We're in that that fall kind of era, starting to get the nice, crisp, cool weather up here in the mountains. Been good. I got a long weekend this week. So I was going to go to Chapel Hill had I won the ticket lottery, but that yeah. got canned. I uh, I started teaching in person this week, so I'm a little I'm a little exhausted. Haven't taught in person in six months, so it's a definitely a back to get it. You've got to get used to it again. Uh, so just getting back in the flow of it. Aaron, what about you? Um, things are fine. I don't know. I had a an uneventful week. I had I had a long week. I had the world's longest week. <laughs> I have a new boss, and some of my job duties are changing. And I just got incredibly busy this week, uh, so it was just very draining all week long. And also, um, I got tapped to host one of our virtual events that's coming up on. Thursday. So hit me up if you want to go to that. It's twenty dollars um for a webinar about fear. Um it's gonna be cool. Ah, oh sorry. There we go. Um <laughs> there there is oh I won't spoil anything if in case anybody gets <laughs> in case anybody gets some tickets, but um there might be an opportunity to see me scared <laughs> if you if you want to pay to see me be frightened. <laughs> But um, yeah, on Friday, we went to the state fair drive through which is 100% not a drive through but we did go to the fairgrounds to pick up some fair food, and it was a great idea. We were just talking about this off air, but when I think of like fair food now, especially, I was just having a hankering for kettle corn this week, and it made me think, normally I don't think about them a lot, but that did make me think about Virginia Tech, because... If anything, I can get over getting our butts whipped two years ago in Blacksburg when you can have some really nice kettle corn. Apparently, the kettle corn is good. Like, whenever this is over, maybe maybe I'll go on a road trip to Blacksburg one year we play them. Did you never go to Virginia Tech? Nope. Oh, because, okay, out. here's how the travel worked when I was a student. A lot of times, the weeks that I wasn't in the band – I was, um, I was working, so. Also, Aaron, we have to remember our trumpet privilege, even for 
in a senior situation. We have to remember our privilege. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure I could have gone to Virginia Tech if I wanted to, but I literally was working every weekend that I wasn't. Um, I wasn't in the band. I did get to go once, and as that was as a drum major, and that's when we were getting beat. The we, they beat the brakes off of us. Yeah, here. that's exactly it, what I was referencing. It was like sixty-seven to seven or something. And it was, so it was so bad and I was so frustrated that I, Fuchs actually had to come up to me like, hey, David, like, I know that you're upset and everything, but it's been like 10 minutes since you've called a pep tune. Can you please call a pep tune? I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, my bad. Um, but the fair food was good. Um, so do you it, need to like pay to get into the fairgrounds? Nope. You just walk up and get your food and they tell you don't eat it here <laughs> get your food and get out but i got got myself a turkey leg got some um ears of corn to take to carla's parents got a funnel cake some gator bites i'd never had gator before like actual alligator yeah how did it taste it's like chicken mixed with fish do you mean like the taste of one and the texture of the other? Or Yeah, it's kind of like a fishy chicken. That doesn't clarify things at all. It's like it's like a fishy tasting chicken. Got it. There we go. It's kind of, I guess the closest fish I would say is catfish, kind of. Maybe. Kind of like, like a meteor, a meteor fish. That makes sense. Well, well, they say tuna is the chicken of the sea. They do say uh, that. So I thought maybe that, but a catfish probably makes more sense. A catfish and chicken. It was good. I liked it. I had some, I had some smoked mac and cheese with brisket on top. That was we went all out. <laughs> Carla and I do a do a date night on Friday, and it was our date night dinner, and it was fantastic. Now you've got me craving a corn dog and an elephant ear. Are y'all funnel cake people or elephant ear people? Ooh, why do I? Why must I choose? Forgive my <laughs> ignorance. Maybe I just have heard elephant ear. It, uh, a funnel cake is with cake dough, and elephant ear is with pizza dough, right? Pizza dough. I thought uh, I, I, it's not pizza dough, but it's like more similar to like a fried pizza dough, and yeah. then you put like powdered sugar I on mean, top of it. I definitely like me some funnel cake. I like both. I yeah, just like fried dough. This <laughs> is a great. It's if I had thing. to pick one, I would definitely go for elephant ears. I think I would choose funnel cake just because there's more opportunities for the crispiness. Mav, an elephant ear is kind of more just like an it oval. Looks like an elephant ear. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's called an elephant ear. Namely, when I have to go to the fair too, you got to get the freshly squeezed lemonade, whatever, where yeah. whoever sells it, and my. If you can get it sports and everything, but also at fairs, I love soft pretzels. It was also um, expensive as all get out, so it oh, costs as much as um, as it would if it was a regular fair. So, but okay, one thing, so I'm I'm googling um, the difference between an elephant ear and a funnel cake. Yes, I I honestly thought the only difference was how you fried it. Like so, whether or not you just pour the dough in or if it, you'd like drizzle it. Well, that's part of it, but I'm pretty sure that there are different. Yeah. So 
an elephant ear is sweet pastry dough, and a funnel cake is a batter. So that is the major difference. So funnel cake is like waffle batter or a, a pancake batter. It's like, but it's like a cake batter and you like pour it into a fryer. Whereas an elephant ear is dough that you then fry. Hmm. The more you know. <laughs> We're an Car- educational prog- podcast. Carl and I have made funnel cake at home before. That sounds good. It w- okay, so here's what we learned. Vegetable oil, not canola oil. Canola oil, if you have it out for a long enough period of time, I'm, I feel like I've said fishy a lot on this podcast, but it kind of gets a, a fishier taste where vegetable oil kind of remains more neutral while you're deep frying. But they were still very good. And also we have powdered sugar on deck for... Cut for you never know. So, <laughs> I mean, when we got the funnel cake on Friday, we just told them no sugar. And, and then when we warmed it up at home, we put our own sugar on it. Mm-hmm. You never know when you'll need some emergency powdered sugar. You really don't. Ooh. So Carla made an apple cake today. And Ooh. maybe we should put some powdered sugar on top yeah. of the apple cake. My dessert is going to be the apple cake with a glass of whiskey, and it's going to be amazing. Nice. Speaking of something sweet, uh, nothing tastes better like the sweet taste of victory over our rivals. Look at that segue. We didn't play our rival this week. Mav came in with the mall cop just (laughs) zooming in (laughs) on the segue. Um, Yeah, the heels won big. Yesterday, I think it was what forty-eight twenty-one. Yeah, it's a lot to a little. In the words of Sam Howell, it could have been worse for them. (laughs) (laughs) It really could have been worse. Okay, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with state social media? Do we want to start with the game? I mean, that was (laughs) pregame. I think we have to go back to pregame. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I didn't even see it. I I honestly until like right at kickoff. That's when it started circulating, but. State put out a, really, a hype video for him to give him some, and also in the words of Sam Howell, some false confidence. Which I just want to say, at least to me, it's a good hype video. It's a good if, hype video. If it were about Carolina, it would have gotten me hype. But yeah. anyway, please proceed. But for things like these, though, maybe it's when you put after the victory where you know it's in hand, you, you know you got it, because then it really does make it nice. But it kind of was just playing on, I would say, the standard kind of. NC State tropes and and selling points that you know they're the they're the blue collared in my paraphrasing the blue collared hand in the dirt just physical and hard nosed team that's just going to come in every day work hard and sometimes beat up in a people in a David and Goliath kind of situation blah blah but then also goes to the very end and says what is a ram to a wolf for those of you who don't wear our mascot is a ram. Their mascot is a wolf, and then it flashed the word "pray," and so we'll get to that later. But it was just—I just, just want to know what they what they were thinking when they posted that. I want to know what was going through their heads. Like, like I said, got- I would put that after you win because then it makes it better. Anyway, we'll, we'll hold on that. We'll hold on it until and let's talk about this game. I think in the group message we talked about, or I said that this game felt very similar to the state game from last year. 
mm-hmm. where the first half was a little shaky. I mean, it's not like we were playing poorly, but there were a couple opportunities that were not capitalized upon. And what also thing is uh, scoring a, a late touchdown or giving up a late touchdown on a pretty broken sort of sequence as well. That was very similar to last year. And then uh, followed by just some general missteps, penalties, um, not getting first downs, not scoring. I mean, it felt like, though, despite those things, it still felt like a very dominating performance. But it was still something that we were all frustrated. It was like, and we're, <laughs> we're quoting a whole bunch of people, like Jay Bellis, it should be a whole lot higher. <laughs> One thing that... Close. One thing that encouraged me was the first drive of the game from NC State. Um, they got into third and short. I think it was third and one. And they ran that wildcat direct snap to rookie person. And we stuffed him at the line of scrimmage. I think that set the tone for the rest of the game. And I really loved that throughout this game, Carolina was the more physical team the entire game. Oh, yeah. Something uh, that was, those lunch pail Pollard types hang their yeah. head up. It was the game for stiff arms. They, everybody was doing their best Derrick Henry impression. Yeah, for real. Javante Williams playing himself into the draft. My God. He's running hard. That's two games now with three touchdowns. Uh, he had 160 yards on the ground. I mean, you still have – Michael Carter, who's still doing, he's, it's not like he's not getting production and he's not getting touches. They're both playing absolutely fantastic right now. He still had 106 yards, Michael Carter did, and, and they, he had the first score of the game. They, they, they both have over 500 yards. Javante has 10 touchdowns. Michael Carter has three, but like that's not indicative of his performance at all. Mm-hmm. Also, can we talk about the blue collar thing for a second? Sure. This is this might be like a very much me thing. So if I'm like way no. out of pocket, it might just be me. I feel like I, I'm gonna yeah. I really like I get why of all schools in North Carolina, NC State has the the most right to say quote unquote blue collar because they are literally like the premier agricultural university in the state of North Carolina. Good for them, awesome. But the thing with, and it's not just state, it's a bunch of schools saying, oh, yeah, we're a blue-collar team, blue-collar team, blue-collar team. It speaks to a sort of symbolic, it's like, oh, so now we see, now you understand class consciousness for this one aspect of your life where now you choose to be blue-collar. But as um, I think it was Paul Lucas, I think he said this on Uni Watch a while back. He said, um, I don't see anyone putting like join a union on the back of your jersey. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like it you choose to be in this multi-billion dollar industry, talk about being blue collar in this one specific um circumstance, and you don't talk about it in any other aspect of anything you're doing. That sort of stuff bothers me. Um mm-hmm. Anyway, that might just be a me thing, but. A concurring opinion on the situation is, and I think this is kind of like where you get about it too, is I would say a lot of them, they always kind of mention, especially when you go back to like the Larry Fedora era, uh, being the flagship state of North Carolina, that's not a boastful thing to say. That's 
We are the oldest public university. We are the University of North Carolina. And then to that, we're especially in things like sports, you, you want to be able to go to your flagship school in your state most of the time. And then when your, your in-state school doesn't want to take you, and then you, it makes you feel like you're not, not, or not up to par or not up to standard um, or inadequate. And then the kind of like the lower tier school takes you, it kind of puts that chip on your shoulder that, oh, I'm going to, you know, you know, pull myself up by my bootstraps and, and be a better person and show how good I can be or whatnot. But then you kind of get into just like the class kind of things. There definitely is some, I would say, elitism at North Carolina just because it's an older school and it develops a lot of people. But it's also the University of the People. It's one of the first public universities to, to have federal funding where they can support uh, scholarships for people that fall under a certain socioeconomic status. I'm one of them. I almost had a full ride based upon that. And so I think there's plenty of people with that kind of blue collar background that go to this to University of North Carolina as well. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting thing to me that of when when football teams tried out the quote unquote blue collar. I think Boise State actually put on inside their collar one year blue collar on the back of it. And I'm like, y'all, yeah. <laughs> let's take a breath. Anyway, back to but, we can start. Yeah. We can stop Colby's um. No, look, it's, it's, proletariat. It's, <laughs> I mean, probably, most likely, I would say at the end of the day, it's bulletin board material. Yeah. I mean that that's that's what it is. Back to football though, <laughs> as as I was able to do my, my little tangent. And um thank you for your perspective, Math. Um Carolina was the more physical team the entire game, down to the quarterback throwing pancake blocks <laughs> for the running game. Like it was all aspects of the t- game minus special teams. That um, that we were dominating, physically dominating, and I'll be the first to say that has not always been the case with this game in specific for Carolina teams in the past. And there's something to be said about being a finesse team, but if you can't flip that switch, which I feel like previous Carolina teams couldn't, like there's a difference between being physical. How do I want to phrase this? You can be physical, but there are also physical teams that that push a little too far. And like we've went when Carolina's tried to get physical in the past, I feel like that's when they started getting a little amped up and like drawing penalties and you know taking out being emotional in that way. I feel like this team is good about um, playing with high emotion, but not letting it draw like you know being detrimental to like as far as like flags go. You know what I'm saying? Like I felt like previous like Larry Fedora teams and even before that, like I feel like. Uh, we are prone to when we try to get physical drawing flags because it came from the wrong place. But yeah, I mean, oh, I had a good point and I lost it. Never mind, it's still there. Let's think about 2017 um, basketball. One of the, I think, the best things about that team was it could win a bunch of different ways. Like, they could win just running you off the court. Teams tried to slow us down. They couldn't slow us down enough that we weren't able to be efficient on offense and be able to score. It's the same kind of thing in football. You need to be able to win different kinds of games. Whenever we play state, because of the way that this rivalry goes, whoever is the more physical team is going to win. I think the past 
three, four, five years, if you look at the teams, if you look at those games, the most physical team won every single time. And there are going to be some games where you're going to have to, like Virginia Tech, throw the ball all over the field <laughs> in order to win it. In order to win it. But like David said, it's good to be able to flip that switch when you need to. And I think Carolina did in this game. That being scared, said, I am terrified of Ben Finley in like two years. <laughs> <laughs> are they going to be? Is he going to be like the Plumley? Are they going to be like the Plumleys? Like, is there another brother we need to talk about? He has a, uh, he has some chutzpah to him. Some chutzpah. <laughs> he um, apparently from like, from like the family, he's the fun Finley. He's the one that has a good time. He looks, like guy. He, looks like, he looks like a fun guy. He does yeah. look like a fun guy. But um, <laughs> anyway, anyway, I I think he has the opportunity to be really good. I think he's really young right now, but um. I mean, the first interception he threw was not his fault. The second God, one, no. <laughs> second one was was a little his fault, and then yeah. the fumble was all him. I don't think it warranted him being benched, but because I, I felt like even like by the time Hawkman came in, it was garbage time. So it's like anything that happened past that point, I'm not, I don't take too seriously. I was frustrated up. I know. I mean, I felt like we all were a little frustrated at halftime, um, just because we felt like we were dominating them and just weren't up what we felt we should be. And then we started off the second half on a terrible note. Um, but I mean, props to the team, props to Mac Brown, props to Phil Longo for calling a good game. I, I call him out when he's bad, but I should call I should give him praise when he's good. He called a great game um, stuck with the running game. If it works, stick with it, make him stop it. I mean, it's like, it's, it's really simple, but I mean, you'd be surprised at how many OCs <laughs> fake themselves out of doing something that works. <laughs> That first drive was perfectly balanced with running and passing. And it was it was methodical. And that's why it was such an easy first down sequence. And I, that's what made me feel about or feel good about the game starting off. Cause I mean, that was their whole thing where they had a, a I would say a better rushing defense, at least coming into the game. You had Aline McNeil, which is one of their best defensive tackles, probably going to be an NFL player. And we managed to keep him at bay. I'm not even sure if he had many, like many big plays, I would say where the offense is wide and just keep him at bay. And if we can get both the running game and the passing game up and you're in trouble because it's very difficult to defend both. You're going to, you're going to make some holes for either the running backs to run or the, the wide receivers to get open. And the defense, um, they were, they played good enough for us to win. They did what about what you should do to a team going down to their their second and third quarterback? Um, mm -hmm. There were a, I think they got to twenty one because there were a bunch of possessions in this game, and you're not going to be able to stop a team no matter how bad they are. Multiple like you aren't going to shut them out. It's not going to happen. Also, I mean, we had the second and third string guys in when they scored that last touchdown. Uh, so I mean, it was it it was much better. I mean, I was still upset because I was like. We were, we were so close to the 50-burger, and we were just letting them go down, just march down and score. And I'm like, well, we need to get our 50-burger then. But it was also, I think, better to still get those young guys reps because that's really going to be one of those major steps going up as a program is just getting more more reps and really getting too deep, in, especially on defense and on offense as well. Uh, and especially now with how we started out with secondary being one of the deepest – kind of position groups and now they're 
slowly, slowly deteriorating. And so you got to get all the young guys in as quickly as possible to give them reps so that they can carry on going forward in years to come. Too deep, it was definitely mean, a better performance overall. Too deep, you mean too deep in the depth chart? Yes. For sure. It was a, a dominating win. I really wanted to see Jacoby Criswell throw the ball a little. <laughs> I, was about to say that. I was like, oh, I wanted to see him just like go uh, go for it. Is Chase gone? Or is he, you think he's going? I don't I mean, know. It's, it, it's going to get crowded in a year. I mean, I mean, you have Sam Howell next year, and presumably he'll probably enter the draft. And Drake May. And you have Drake, Drake May. May coming in, and you have Jacoby Criswell. I don't think there's, I don't think there's room I, for her. Quite honestly, I don't know if Jacoby stays. It, I, I think one of Jacoby and um, Drake, Drake, one of them transfers. Which is sad because they're both because they're both good. <laughs> they're both good and fun. But one of the, but the, that's the that's the thing is that they're good enough to be they're probably gonna end up being both being good enough to start for a college team. So yeah, maybe a power five team. I, Drake mm-hmm. May was um he was supposed to go to Bama. Right, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would probably lean on the side of it being Jacoby, at least right now, just beca- depend based upon the projections for Drake May and him having already the Carolina connection and with him, with Jacoby coming from Arkansas. I mean, I feel like that might tip the scale. We just have to wait and see. But that's kind of – we were talking about this when Mac Brown 2.0 started is that's how elite college programs work and function. Which – if he ends up going to Arkansas under Sam Pittman, that might be some. <laughs> that might be that might be a problem for the SEC, uh, especially the SEC West. Anyway, the heels win. Oh wait, the last thing I want to say about depth is even if we lose Javante Williams and Michael Carter next year, um, British Brooks has some. <laughs> has some he has. To him. He has just the exact same kind of play style as Javante Williams. So we're really not losing much there. And Josh Sanderson is still playing good in his own right. So we'll, we'll be just fine there. It's proving to be fruitful. The fact that UNC is now actively trying to get the best from North Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the best from North Carolina play for North Carolina, I feel like, I feel like North Carolina in general as a state has crazy amount of athletes like both in pretty in all sports um just like even like running through like nba and nfl like hometowns a lot of those things are from like raleigh fayetteville wilmington charlotte <laughs> like it's like oh wow a, a very underrated state another thing we did not point out at least on the podcast but we were all tweeting about it was emory simmons yeah who, who went into bo corrales's place he had five he didn't have a flashy thing he had five catches i think like 40 yards but uh, he had that nasty stiff arm and he took it he took broke Krause's place who was out with injury and he did fantastic so that's going to be another player that we're going to have on the outside next year social media <laughs> so first so of remember all, that remember that video we were talking about <laughs> so listen like sam howell like you can tell and i think i listened to lauren brownlow and joe obvious say something about this as well but sam howell is you can tell he has some some fire to him. You can tell he has a little bit of an edge to him, but he's not the type to like go out and just like say stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like he doesn't just go out and say something. Like he doesn't Baker Mayfield it. Like we're not like he's not that type of dude. But he like dropped a diss track <laughs> after the after this game. Like was talking about how NC State 
you know, about their video about like you, we already saw what happens when, a, when a, what the Ram to a wolf and it's like <laughs> the Ram one and, you know, it's giving them false confidence and uh, all that kind of stuff. And he's like, we don't really care about them. And I was like, drop those bars, Sam Howell. <laughs> like, I love it. I love the petty. I love it too. I like winning. Um, when we get a little spicy after a win, especially a win against them. <laughs> and it's exacerbated by the fact that our official Carolina football team was clowning NC State's <laughs> social media because they posted that. It was like, what's a ram to a wolf? And I don't know if y'all saw it. It wasn't like the like the SpongeBob meme format where like it was capital letters. Yeah. It's letters like. In comic sans. <laughs> <laughs> And then it scratched it out, and it does the. Um, <laughs> it's always sunny music. <laughs> no, no, uh, curb your enthusiasm. Curb, yeah, it was curb. And it says the one where the Ram wins, and it just shows us like absolutely stunning players. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! And they kept it going. They posted two more. They said rivalry week, like W E A K. That was really good. Week. I was like, oh. And then. Um, they also they did the blue, the blue collar. collar one. And yeah. then this morning, they put up the clip of Sam pancaking the defender. <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is that Barstool Pack has tweeted once since the end of the game. I love it, it so much. It makes me want to jump onto like a Pack Pride. Like, <laughs> like, oh, I did. I did. <laughs> I've been reading Pack Pride for like the past 24 hours. I don't say anything because I don't post on forums anymore. Um, but is, it a, is it a paid for thing or is it a... No, it's on their free board. Um, on their free board, okay. Yeah, and they have been... I saw many people get banned for like a week or a month. Um, it was... It's It's been a mess. Um, it's been... We can talk about some of the specific things that they said off air, but um, they were having the time. Oh, wow. I'm just looking at it, the first couple and wow. <laughs> <laughs> I I never want to read Inside Carolina, but Pack Pride gives me joy in times like these. And also, it's a thing where I saw, because in uh, at a post-game, uh, people were in inside Carolina that were reading Pat Pride as well and were mentioning that they're like, it's a, we always have next year. And then looks at the recruiting class for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So before we get off of NC State, let's think, let's talk about how many more wins they have left in them with either Bailey Hockman or um, Ben Bentley. So next day, they have a bye week next week. And the Friday after that, they have they have Miami at home. Uh, I mean, it could be it could very well be one of those. Holy crap, NC State! Why, how did you win this game? That's the thing about State. <laughs> <laughs> like they're due for one. Know. They're due for one. It's like it's one of those that they have no business winning, but somehow pull it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, it's... But it, it also could be one of those games where they have it in the bag and then they pull an NC State. That's true. They could do a Clemson where they have to make a kick and they don't. <laughs> but here's the thing about NC State under um, Dave Doran. Like, those sorts of games happened under 
Tom O'Brien, it hasn't really happened much against Dave Doran. I feel like against Dave or with Dave Doran has kind of been they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, they lose to the teams they're supposed to lose to, and there hasn't been much variation there. Minus, I think there might have been a couple years where Carolina was better and they got up for that game and beat us. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, with I think they lose to Miami. Their game after that is against Florida State. I don't think I, – I still don't think Florida State is that good. I think Jordan Travis is better than um, Blackman, but I don't think Florida State is that good. But are they good enough to beat NC State? Hmm. Probably not. Because they – I don't think – I don't think they're going to get up for that game the same way they got up against us. Is that game in Raleigh or in Tallahassee? It's in Raleigh. Yeah. I think that's a big factor as well. And like NC state, like previous to their game with us, they had a pretty solid defense. Like their linebacking core was like highly touted coming in. Um, I think they had like the second, sixth and 10th tacklers in the country or no, in the ACC, um, Hashtag Peyton Wilson. Um, but uh, I don't know. I mean, we just – I don't know what it was. They were just really committed to putting all of their, their their linebackers inside. And, I mean, credit to our staff. They were like, I mean, if you're going to let us bounce it outside for 20 yards, I mean, cool, thanks. <laughs> like, if you're going to tackle us and let us go for 20 we were running like outside zone and power exclusively. <laughs> it was um, every time, <laughs> every <yeah>. time. <laughs> and then they have after Florida State, they have Liberty again at home. Three straight home games. Liberty might be tricky for them. It's going to be the one game I root for NC State. Is <laughs> that might be a tricky game? I mean, it could be. Um, I think I think they still beat Liberty. I think they lose to FSU. I think they lose to Miami. I mean, what is it still? Did they say how many wins you need for a bowl game this year? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah, Army's they, they already accepted an invite. Everyone is bowl eligible. Ah, okay. Army has already accepted an invite to, I believe, the Independence Bowl, right? Or some, one of the military-related bowl games. To pivot back to Carolina for a second, I saw a projection just now, and I was talking to my dad on the phone. Us in the Cheez It Bowl in Orlando oh, yeah, against I saw that. Oklahoma. Be fun. That would be a really fun game from an outside <laughs> an outside watcher. Spencer Rattler versus Sam Howell. I'll sign up for that. Yeah. Um, and then they have Syracuse, who they should be easily, even though it's at Syracuse. I don't know. Syracuse gave Clemson a fit there for a while. There, don't don't do that. Definitely destroyed. <laughs> hey, they they definitely uh, they messed up some people's bets. I know that for sure. Oh, they lost somebody a bunch of money yesterday. And then um, they closed the season at home against Georgia Tech, and they should probably win that one. So maybe they have three wins, maybe two wins left in them. I don't think that's enough to fire Dave Doran, who has three years left on his contract, and they would need to buy it out in a pandemic where none of the boosters have money. In this economy? Not in this, like literally not in this economy. 
<laughs> anyway, the Heels have Virginia next week. Virginia hung tough with Miami uh, on Saturday. They played um It was a rainy game, so there's only so much you can take from those. It was like a torrential downpour, but they did get their quarterback back. I don't know if y'all saw they had like a dude wearing a fullback number throwing the ball. It was like 38 or 36 as their quarterback. Um, but but they're struggling a lot this year. Is that is it at home? It is at home, right? No. It's at UVA in Charlottesville. Eight PM, Spooky Heels. Spooky Heels on Halloween. Um, it should be a win, uh, but we know how that goes this year. So, yeah, we generally struggle in Charlottesville for some reason. Hopefully, Phil Longo doesn't see the moon and freak out again. Other things from this week: Did y'all watch the Penn State Indiana game? I did not, but I heard that the ending was incredible. Likewise. It was a really I, fun game. <laughs> I couldn't find the channel, so. I, got, I, I watched, I caught the very end. Yeah, I was watching it, and I saw Penn State get a stop on Indiana, and I was like, oh, that's it. And I, I even tweeted, um, the dream of six Windiana is dead. <laughs> <laughs> um. But then Indiana did the thing that we'll talk about a little bit later in this podcast where they let Penn State score, um, got the ball back, <laughs> and scored the touchdown to win the game. Giving up is winning. Yeah. yeah the Big Ten is back overall. Rutgers beat Michigan State, didn't they? Oh, Michigan State has seven turnovers. <laughs> this is what y'all were clamoring to watch. You were <laughs> – You wanted to watch Michigan State turn the ball over seven times. You wanted to watch Northwestern dog walk Maryland. This is the football that you were – you wanted back so badly. Uh, Michigan rode the boat all over Minnesota. Yeah, but Justin Fields looks really good. (laughs) Yeah, but then there's Ohio State. He's legit. LOL, Nebraska. I mean, so <laughs> if Justin Fields looks better than than Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence will still end up being the number one pick, overall pick in the draft. But I, I mean, think Justin Fields might be good enough to play himself into a conversation. He might be good enough to play himself into a conversation. Listen, if Mitch Trubisky can go one, anyone, I, I, I have I – have, Sorry, I mean first quarterback, not number one, but first quarterback off the board. Um, then anything's possible. I um, I'm a Justin Fields believer. Everyone says that he's like baby Cam, <laughs> and as soon as they start running, I think Ryan Day is a little, I understandably scared to run him. But if they start running a couple buck sweeps, a little QB power with Justin Fields, it might get a little scary mm-hmm. scary he's good at football he's very good at football um coastal the shots ranked <laughs> number 20 in this year in this week's poll 
Um, by the way, speaking of the poll, it doesn't matter. Why are people complaining that Carolina dropped a spot in the AP poll? It doesn't matter. We dropped a spot? What the fuck? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's the quack button. <laughs> like, do you, you, if you really want to know what happened, a bunch of pollsters weren't putting the Big Ten in their poll now they're putting a big 10 in their poll. That's why we dropped the spot. Well, that sounds like a them problem. We didn't lose. We should be moving up. It doesn't matter. It is, all it's years the only, of the poll not mattering get super doesn't matter this year. The only thing that I was like, what about is that zero and zero Oregon is above us. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little suspect. Like, have any of us suspect. ever watched Oregon football? <laughs> um. Oklahoma State might actually win Bedlam this year. They beat number 17, Iowa State, 24-21. Um, Virginia Tech lost to Wake Forest. Yeah, that's a surprise to me. It's also a surprise to me. And um, I think Cincinnati is good at football. They beat number 16, SMU, 42-13. to That game was close for a long time, and then they had a UNC fourth quarter. <laughs> and since he just blew him out the water very quickly. All right. That's all the college football I have. When, Did is, y'all... The, when is college when is college basketball start? When is it slated to start? November twenty um, fifth. Twenty fifth. Yeah, the Heels first game is the their first scheduled game that we know for sure, quote unquote for sure. Yeah. Is um November 30th against UNLV in Asheville. That feels um, like just the thought of college basketball to me. Like, I, like with the NBA, it was like, wow, NBA is back. And then college football, sorry, college football and NFL happened. I'm like, wow, watching college basketball will be like watching a fever dream to me. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be like watching a fever dream. I hope I can go. Especially because I have no idea what to expect from this Tar Heel team. Like, zero, I don't know. After last year, I have no idea what to expect. They should periscope a scrimmage for, like, yeah. late night. Now that there's been more and more uh, come out now that media day has passed, now that uh, they can start watching practices more, and even still some, like, the players, like uh, Scott Williams, uh, who's on the 90s, like, they're in the late 80s and 90s, went to a practice. He was tweeting about what he saw in practice. I mean, the clear thing coming out is that, there's just an overall increase in just talent, not say better or worse, not for better or worse, just the overall talent level. There is a, a, a much improvement, much more to Carolina standard. I think it seems like across the board, probably the biggest thing was Dayron Sharp in terms of the incoming people that he is a Roy Williams big that, and they, he's already being compared to like Montrez Harrell with his motor and wants to dunk everything in sight. I love it. So who, so who, like, so do you think he starts? I mean, we, we don't have to have this conversation now. I know it's not. He, yeah, basketball. I mean, he. I think he's going to give Armando some fits, but apparently the thing was they had a, basically a upperclassman versus underclassman, a blue-white game, and it was Armando and Dayron paired up together um, with Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, Puff, I think, Kerwin, uh, you know, I want to say one or, or Anthony think Harrison. maybe Anthony Harrison. It was Leaky Garrison, Andrew Playtech, all them. The senior, the upper class and went up 3 0. And then the younger team came back and won 4 to 3. 
Wow. We might be all right. <laughs> we, we, we might just be all Young right. Good. And listen, I, I, like, I'm not going to act like last year and be like, oh, we got all these people. We're going to win a national championship. No, not. but like it's a reasonable expectation to say you, you want to be competitive for the ACC. You want to make the NCAA tournament, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, which if we're competitive for the ACC, we're going to make the tournament without an issue. Right. And it's like you think about that starting lineup, like you think Caleb Love will start somewhere. I don't know if it'll be the two or the one. R.J. Davis might might maybe i don't know it's i don't know how good he actually is but i think anthony harris will probably end up getting the start at the two um i just don't know what who who plays the three on this team are we gonna start leaky i think it's leaky that's right that's right i did forget about league i forgot he's healthy this year that was another thing that he was talking about that this is the most healthy he's felt since he had that high ankle sprain two years ago Mm -hmm. and so that he said that that injury just lingered all into last year as well. And that just hampered his confidence, hampered his, um, his improvement overall. And so now he's feeling better. There's been a lot of talk too that he's been showing a lot more flashes in the scrimmages as well. So I think it's him. And then you have Kerwin and Puff probably doing that. I would say that's probably the biggest question mark. And I don't know if that's that big of an issue. I mean, rarely does Carolina have just an all, all world level wing just has a, a serviceable wing. It's all about the guards and the bigs. But remember, um, we get a healthy Sterling, Sterling Manley this year. Like, on top of all of the big depth, we get Sterling Manley back. Yeah. And also, has anyone heard about how, like, Walker's doing? Kessler? Uh, Walker, they said, I mean, he's going to be like a Tyler Zeller type. He's a stretch four. He can shoot really well from deep. Um, Garrison, apparently, his that said his like kind of mid to like right on inside the three point shot has been improved as well. And he's taking a lot more of those in the scrimmages. There's even been talks there discussing potentially doing a, a two guard, three big lineup. That Florida state mm. lineup, yeah. <laughs> which I mean, if it works, that's hey, going to, we have four guys, three? five guys, five guys, <laughs> six, nine and up like that's, you're going to have a tough time. I know this one Puff apparently not only looks like, talks like, and also plays like Cam. He's just left-handed. And said he so plays like a bully. Image. Yeah, he's like, but he says they were saying he plays more like of a bully ball than even Cam does. He's they, listed he, at six eight. Yeah, and he's getting he's like they said he's doing really good with rebounding and he's attacking the basket well. Puff is six eight. He's listed Puff at is, six eight. I'm sorry, I did not know that. <laughs> I did not he's know grown, that. He's grown since the last time you've seen him. Oh wow! I did not know that. You get some muscle on that boy. Instead of <laughs> oh, league him, did, league him. <laughs> did, did y'all hear the thing about uh, Kerwin? What about him? So on the Carolina Insider podcast, they brought in Armando and Leaky, and they were just doing like some general media day kind of stuff. And they said that Kerwin is very, very quiet, um, but he's also like plays very hard and whatnot. Apparently, in at the end of practices. He tries to make 120 consecutive threes, and he did it apparently one day, according to one of the managers. That's pretty impressive. That is impressive. I'm ready. Anyway, we can talk about this more as we get closer to basketball season. We still have a couple of weeks left. Um, did y'all watch the World Series on Saturday night? Yes. <laughs> I, was, I did I was, not. I, I was writing for D and I was writing for my dungeon mastery things. 
because I, I always thought I was gonna have a session today and I had it on the background and I saw it was the ninth. I was like, okay, let me like actually pay attention to this. And that was, if, if baseball was consistently that fun to watch, I would definitely watch it more often. I know I tweeted. Excuse if you can you, guarantee it's always me, that fun to watch. I said, if you can guarantee me four of those a game, I'll watch every game. I'll watch every baseball game that's on TV. <laughs> Um, that was wild. I don't think I've ever seen that before, especially in a playoff game. Because they score the tying runs. There's an error in the outfield, throws it to the to the cutoff man, throws it f- from the infield into the catcher. Plate, the catcher, and there's another error. <laughs> and you have a guy in a pickle from third to home. And so he thought. Assuredly get him out. And he was quick enough to realize that he bought like he that he balked it, not balked. I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but he botched he it, botched it, and and ran home and scored the winning run. That was nuts, nuts. Aaron, what is that? E eight, E two? What do you call that? Who made the error? Uh, it was the center fielder, and then the center dropped the ball at home home plate. The center, the catcher, catcher. So I, I center saw field C in my I in my mind's eye, I saw a C, and I was like, yeah, that's the center. Center field is eight and catcher is two. Yes. Um, and on top of that, uh, today is the 20, wait, 34 year anniversary of Bill Buckner's uh, costly error in the World Series, which is like one of the most notorious errors in baseball history. Look so at it's that. Just quite ironic, to say the least. Anyway, that's all the baseball I got in me. I, I have nothing left. Um, the series is tied 2-2. Um, sure, I'll watch more. <laughs> G-Man Choi is the greatest athlete of all time. To the NFL. Uh, the Browns beat the Bengals, which counts as like the Browns are back of a win. <laughs> I'm glad that you like blew out your mic and we couldn't hear you when you did that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Baker sucked in the first quarter, but he played better yeah, he asterisk was, he, against the Bengals. After better that. asterisk. He ended the game after after he started 0 for 5 with a pick. He ended the game with 22 straight completions and five touchdowns. There's no asterisk, uh, no matter who you're playing against, when you put up a stat line like that. You played well. So what are they? Five, the are, they are they four and two or five and two? Four and two. Four and two. Do we still not leading the division? Still not leading. The Wait, division. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Five and two. You're right. Five, five and, and two. The five and two. D- d- taking biases aside, they're not better than the Steelers. I still don't think they're better than the, the Titans or the Chiefs or the Chiefs. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, what but even Sunday. What are, we doing here? what are we doing here, Browns? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Any if you. Any given Sunday, anything could happen once you get to the playoffs. That's fair. Well, there's one undefeated team left in the league, and it's not Tennessee. You guys did amicably. You did just fine. We lived by the Goskowski, and we died by the Goskowski. He needs to retire, man. It's it's like it's over for that dude. He's he's shanking everything. I mean, he's won us three games, though, with game-winning field goals. He just missed this one when it mattered most. Yeah. 
That's why he needs to retire. I would, I would much rather make this one than the others. But it, we just made – defensively, we got exposed. It, it's plain and simple. Um, our third down defense is absolutely atrocious. I think we are last in the NFL. I don't know. They converted. Oh, boy. Let me tell you about this Panthers game <laughs> afterwards, but go ahead. Well, we, I, I don't know how many third and eight and longers the Steelers converted in this game. I mean, it, like they would have, but it was a thing where they would go on these long drives. I mean, I think the Steelers are top two or top three in the league in time of possession, but they would just march down the field. And we had three, four third down scenarios in each drive. And they would get every single one of them because we have all these zone reads and we give wide receivers so much space. And, and it's just like a, almost like a bend but don't break kind of style defense. But it's just absolutely atrocious and it makes me so upset. And we just made too many mistakes. It, the only thing that kept us in the game was tip drill interceptions. I want to, there might have been one of those that was actually Big Ben's fault. Uh, the rest were just tip drills that we managed to get. Speaking of that, we didn't even talk about uh, Daddy Hollins's interception that was the epitome of NC State. Oh, yeah. We did not. But no, but yeah, other things like that, though, that was the only thing that kept in this game. So our defense has to get better. And they sold out in the run. Derrick Henry did not have a great game, all things compared to weeks past. So I I think we, quite honestly, I think I knew it going in, kind of like with Carolina being the number five team. We we were playing among us and we were the imposter. (laughs) Blue is us. Uh, the Panthers lost 24 to 27 against the Saints, gave up 12 of 14 third downs in this game. I don't think there's anything more demoralizing as a fan than watching your team give up third down after yeah. third down after third it's down. completely frustrating, especially when it's third and longs. Yeah, that you give up. Oh, trust me. Uh, a a freaking shallow cross to Alvin Kamara was like the go-to conversion play for the Saints. Like guaranteed, they converted third and fourteen. I think I was I was like I'm done. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm turning on red zone. Yeah, it was. Um, Teddy played really well the whole mm-hmm. game. The offensive line played really well up until that, that last that last sack that took us out of field goal range. I don't know if y'all saw, but we attempted a 65-yard field goal. And it almost went in. <laughs> to tie the game. It was it a yard all, off. And it was it was good this way. It just yeah. needed – oh, man, he was close. I was sitting there because when he kicked it, I was like, if he has the distance, it'll go in. But it's not like we were going to stop Drew Brees <laughs> if he got the ball back with two minutes. That wasn't going to happen. But anyway, uh, the Panthers are three and four. It's a building year. It's a hashtag culture year of just figuring out who this team's going to be in the future. So they're at least enjoyable to watch. Yeah, on offense, they are on offense. Yeah, on defense, just ooh, ooh, shudder. Yes. Um, elsewhere around the league, the Falcons are terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Indiana, Penn State, the Lions let the Falcons score and then come down with an untimed down 
win the game against the Falcons in Atlanta with the Falcons wearing their terrible alternate uniforms. It made me very happy. I hate the I hate the Those Falcons. uniforms are awful. They're terrible. They're really bad. Really, really bad. Let's see. We talked about that. The Bills won with six field goals, no touchdowns. Um, they held the Jets to one, two, three, four yards in the second half. This many, four yards in the second half. <laughs> uh, the at four verts on Twitter tweeted the Tom Brady forgetting what down it was, holding up four. <laughs> Talking about the Jets game. The Cowboys are terrible. Uh, They had freaking Cole Holcomb um, flexing on them. Kyle Allen throwing bombs all over that secondary. Um, But also Rip Andy Dalton took a really nasty hit during Mm -hmm. that game. A cheap shot. It 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 was a cheap shot. Yeah. You know what I've thought for the entire week that the Cowboys should do? Trade for one Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay, let's talk about that. Because I've also heard that the Bears should trade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I feel like the Bears trading for Ryan Fitzpatrick is... Is there any change to that team with Ryan Fitzpatrick as a quarterback? (laughs) I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, that's just like a band-aid over a bullet hole for that team. (laughs) Um... Whereas the Cowboys, like, we saw they're a really good offensive team with a good quarterback, and now with Andy Dalton, they're not. Just think that um, Jerry Jones is one Colin Kaepernick away from running away from the NFC East, and he won't do it. And they're just going to be miserable. You know who's not miserable? Stephen A. Smith. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yesterday on twitter i went through and just bookmarked a bunch of Stephen a smith reaction videos for whenever i need them you never know yep <laughs> anything else happened this week that we need to talk about it's dinner time and i can smell Devante it Devonte adams getting like 200 yards <laughs> oh yeah i think he had at least two touchdowns yeah cam hasn't looked right since covid yeah, he's struggling today. Really so. Um, what else? Anything else? Um, the Eagles won the toilet bowl against the Giants. That's the worst football game I've ever watched in my life. I've seen Pop Warner better than that, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, that's all I got for y'all. That's it for me, too. I mean, what, did you see that uh, NBA is trying to come back? Uh, in December, yeah, I think Christmas, right? I think Just the twenty second, my birthday. Hey, <laughs> hey, and we got the draft Happy coming birthday. up in the middle of November, so we'll have to discuss that in the coming weeks. Yeah, it'll get real interesting. Yep, but um, thank you all for listening to this episode of Never Meet Varsity. I feel like this was a bit of a long one. We had a couple long ones the last couple of weeks. I but, know, right? Um, it's because we love you, and also we. This is the only time we talk to each other, so. <laughs> Uh, I hope y'all enjoyed. We'll talk to y'all next week. Bye. Bye.